We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in to this Thursday morning edition Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here today. We will uh, feature an interview with Trey Wallace today, Outkick.com. He talked to Lane Kiffin, wrote a story on a uh, on a kinder, gentler Lane Kiffin, a uh, a, a change in his um, his life, if you will, as uh, he is in another year here in Oxford. So we'll talk to him about that. If you haven't read that, obviously that'd be good source material for the interview. That again at Outkick.com for uh, for that. Hit a few other topics today as uh, as well, but that is, again, about 45 minutes, give or take, so uh, a pretty good bit of today's show, and if you're in the stream, you'll get it right here. We'll supply it for you. You'll have it here or wherever you listen in podcast form. A podcast is brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. The uh, Blue Sky location here. They can take care of dinner tonight, ribs, plenty of other options in the hot case, size, desserts, and more. Remember, if you want the ribs, they will wrap them up and have them ready to go if you want to call ahead. Make it as easy as possible on you at or dry to take care of dinner tonight. Lunch specials five sixty nine, two sides bread, thirty two ounce drinks, and with the Exxon Mobile app, you get a thousand bonus points just for downloading, opening it up. When you do that, that equals ten bucks right there at the pump. Again, at the Oxford Exxon and all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi, and coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio. We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi. Six six two two five seven nineteen hundred is that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. There's no hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, but I recommend that you do. And that's hop into a Clark Ford today. Great service, great product. The people there at Clark Ford want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove it to you when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Guest join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Trey Wallace on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place to grab a burger, a po' boy, appetizer. Uh, they got full bar. Uh, also a great beer selection as well at Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford and also in New Albany. 
So uh, our minds and thoughts with Luke Knox passes away uh, yesterday, former Ole Miss football player, brother of Dawson Knox. He uh, was currently at Florida International. Mike McIntyre, former Ole Miss defensive coordinator, put out a, a tweet this morning expressing his uh, his condolences to uh, to the Knox family. I do not know anything else beyond that at this point. Again, it's 8.16 a.m. as we're saying this, but that frankly doesn't matter. Just a tragic situation and kind of where our heads are this morning. So uh, yeah, I didn't know a, until that. I didn't know until about twenty five minutes ago when Tyler Siski texted us. Um, yeah, it's, there's I I got nothing. I mean, I don't always enjoyed covering uh, Dawson, and so you know I've talked to him a few times, like just in in since he's been in Buffalo. Um, I know he was he came comes back here a lot. Might have a place here. Um, and then Luke was, you know, one of those guys who it always um, it was always obvious that he was working his ass off to to get on the field to play. wasn't as probably quite as talented as his brother, but um, there was a lot of effort there. And he'd gone with Mike McIntyre to FIU, and it was it's really ironic. People were just talking about him, the football player just within the last 24 hours at rebelgrove.com, and then this happens. So, Oh, that throws in regard to just football. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah, that was a, people asking where he was and what yeah. was going on, and, and then this happens. So, uh, Yeah, he's originally from Brentwood. Um, he and Dawson both uh, from the Nashville area there. Uh, McIntyre, his tweet, words cannot express the heartfelt sorrow we feel because of the passing of our teammate and our friend Luke Knox. Had the honor of coaching Luke at Ole Miss and at FIU. While I admired his passion for football, his genuine love for his family and teammates is what I always remember. And a special way of making everyone around him feel comfortable and confident. Luke's family is special to me and they will continually be in my heart and my prayers during this difficult time. On behalf of the entire FIU football family, I extend sincere condolences to uh, Luke's family and all who love him. So, again, that's from McIntyre. That is all I have uh, seen this uh, at this point. I saw that... The local news crew in Florida had uh, had reported that they had talked to students, people around, and that there was a police presence near his apartment yesterday. But that's the only other thing that I have uh, that I have seen at uh, at that point. Um, seeing if there's any other update here, I just got a friend just sent a uh, another news release from South Florida, um, scanning it. He died overnight at the hospital, actually, actually here from NBC Miami is uh, is reporting that police do not suspect foul play in the incident. But again, no uh, no other details were released. Yeah, he played three years for Ole Miss, switching between tight end and linebacker, seven games last season, recording 11 tackles, something that does not matter right now. So. Yeah, Sean McDermott, McDermott, the coach of the Buffalo Bills, has uh, commented on it here in just the last few minutes. I mean, doesn't say anything. Just we're heartbroken to hear of the sudden passing of Luke Knox, sending all of our thoughts, prayers, and support to Dawson Knox and the Knox family during this difficult time. That's that's it. <clears throat> so any more that we uh, hear on that, we pass along, whether it be today, tonight, or uh, anytime in the future. But anyway, that's, uh, again, kind of where we are. We'll, uh, again, as I say a lot, no real good segue out of that. But um, Ole Miss... Available yesterday, coverageoverrope.com. Um, just kind of almost getting to Trey a little bit here, but what stuck out? Anything yesterday? Um, no, we had uh, 
I put a, I wrote a story on Miles Battle, who, full disclosure, probably one of my favorite players uh, to cover over the last few years. I've always liked Miles. His everybody uses this word, his journey. Um, did anybody ever use the word journey, by the way, before? Like American Idol and those kinds of shows. Oh, you think that started Journey? It's the first time I ever really heard that word used as someone describing their. Because like Kelly Clarkson went on her journey to yeah. fame through the competition. Well, no, they would just talk about their journey through the competition. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right. right. Hmm. Anyway, he talked about his career, you know, which is, came as a wide receiver and then moved to DB, back to receiver, got in the portal, got out of the portal to play wide receiver. Got moved to cornerback in an emergency and had a kind of a voila moment of, you know, I might be able to do this. And I think he's one of the higher rated NFL prospects on the Ole Miss roster by the end of the season. NFL teams love him. 6'4 corner who can play on the outside. Fix like ball skills have never been an issue in any way. No. I mean, he, he's had to get more physical, he's gained some weight. Um, he has definitely gotten better, but yeah, no, that is ball skills are not the problem there. I was actually trying to Google a little bit to see. Journey came from The Bachelor. That's what Ginger says, and that sounds right. That sounds right. You think that's? You think you had the wrong reality show, but you were on the right note. I think I was on the right track. I just was in the wrong train. I, I think. Uh, I think she's got it on the right track. Okay, yeah, it works. I think she's. I think she's exactly right. Okay. Yeah, I was going to look up, you know, Google does that thing where you can check words and how often they appeared over time. So I was going to find that graph of like, yeah. but I, I'm i hosting a show. It's kind of hard to just completely do it right now. But that's, um, that's, a, that's a word that, I mean, before The Bachelor and shows like that, when people started talking about it, that was a word that you did not hear, except unless you were talking about the band journey. And all of a sudden people were talking about their... Like, even when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, this documentary that they were doing that was kind of built around David Ross, who was playing his final season in the major leagues, as he's leaving the field, he's telling all the different Cubs, like, thank you for taking me on this journey. This journey. It's like, that's that's the word that's on the Do you think he was an avid Bachelor watcher or just leaked into well, his I mean, psyche over time? He ended up being on a reality show. He was Dancing on Dancing with the Stars. With the stars. Did he win? What did he do? I think they finished second. He finished second. Because athletes typically do well on that show. Yeah. I know we're all shocked. Yeah. But now he he got carried by his partner completely because he was – I mean, I don't think anybody ever watched David Ross play and thought elite athlete. I mean, better athlete than I'll ever be, but nobody <laughs> ever looked at him and thought – I mean, he didn't suck or anything. No, but, I mean, but he wasn't like, you know, Juan Soto or something. think Juan Soto could win Dancing with the Stars. Yes, I do. I'd be willing to bet quite a bit of money on him, as a matter of fact. Think so? I've stopped watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I've quit. When they ran off my boy Chris Harrison, I said, there's no reason to watch this anymore. He is so synonymous with the show that anything else feels weird and, and whatever. I mean, not like I've ever really spent a lot of time on it, but, I mean, you'll it'll seep I, in for osmosis occasionally. You know, I watched and, it. Oh, I, I remember I watched it. I enjoyed it. I watched it. I thought it was great. But I mean, we've had episodes with you and Aaliyah. We've we've done that. But when when Chris would stand stand up there, when it was obvious, everyone knew we were down to the final rows of the evening, and yet he could deliver that line in a way that you're like, oh, this is going to be a big moment. 
every time, always delivered. And they fired him. They fired him for all the wrong reasons. He didn't do anything wrong. He just did nothing wrong. What's he doing now? Hopefully, he's counting his settlement money. Yeah, I don't know what's on Chris some doing. beach somewhere. That's what I hope. I hope he's doing well. No reason to dislike Chris Harrison. Seems decent enough. Yeah. Two bachelorettes. <laughs> Whatever. He moved to Texas uh, and deleted his Instagram account, or at least wiped it, and then his first post wasn't for a while until he announced his engagement to Lauren Zima in October 2021. Oh, well, good for him. So. Good for him. That's all I got. That's good. I'm glad he's doing well. Sounds like he's happy. You think That's he's good. doing well? He's like a lot of people. They get they get sick of all the crap and they move to Texas. <laughs> That is a popular thing. I mean, I was listening to, so the last last day or so, I've been listening to Joe Rogan and Seth Dillon. Okay. Seth Dillon, for those who don't know, is Babylon B. Yeah. And it has been one of the most fascinating, enlightening, affirming conversations that I've heard in a long time. It's common sense. Two people who just have a lot of common sense. Which is something that is absolutely lacking in today's society. And if you think that's a political comment, I don't know what to tell you. Our first segment of the day is featured the bingo card of The Bachelor, the Babylon Bee, um, Chris Harrison, and now Joe Rogan. We've hit that all in the first 14 minutes of the show. Uh, but you're right. No, no, no. Uh, Seth Dillon's funniest thing is about... they. 75 predictions that the Babylon Bee, which is a, sat, a satirical yes. um, outlet, yes. have made that have come true. <laughs> 75. And some of them are astounding. I mean, they are astounding. The Simpsons doesn't even hit at that kind of rate. I mean, I mean no. the Simpsons hits a pretty high average, but that's, that is, it is remarkable how good it is. Did we get off top? I don't know. Was there more football? I don't know what we're doing. Is there, was there more uh, we there? We talked to Kentrell Bullock. Um, I'll write about it this weekend. Um, we talked to uh, Demon Clowney, although someone said that he calls he, he goes by Demon Clowney, yet when they introduced him yesterday, they said questions for Demon, and so I was confused. Because um, we had just been told, hey, he goes by Demon now. Now or always? Have yeah. we always screwed it up? Well, I don't know. And so I was like, okay. So it's Demon, which is fine. Whatever. You pronounce your name. I mean, everybody mispronounces my name. It's, they all go McCready. I'm like, no, it's McCready. And I've quit even pronouncing. I just go by both. Whatever. It doesn't matter anymore. But I was like, okay, well, we'll, we'll, I'll call him Demon. And then they said, hey, questions for Demon. And I was like, and the first person asked a question, hey, Demon, whatever. And he answered to it, obviously. He didn't say it's Demon. Which, by the way, if I correct somebody on the pronunciation of my name, am I being a jerk? Because I was told that I'm being a jerk if I correct. I did a radio show. And before Hold we. On, what? I did a radio show fairly recently. I don't remember where. And before we went on, they said, hey, uh, thanks for your time, Mr. McCready. And I said, it's McCready. Just so you tell them it's McCready. Seemed easy enough. First thing he goes, Neil McCready of rebelgrove.net joins. I'm like, it's McCready and it's rebelgrove.com. And I got some feedback that I was being a jerk. 
It's my name, and you mispronounced it. Where was the radio show? I don't remember. Was it below the Mason Nixon? Yeah, it was Southern. So, this has been a little bit of a pet peeve of mine for a while. Again, well, I I do love that we have football in a few days, and this is where we're going, but it's fine. It's fine you like this show. Um, yeah, I mean, the football yeah. season is still 16 days away. I mean, it, it is still, We have Vanderbilt and Hawaii sooner than that, don't we? We do, but but Ole Miss doesn't yeah. play a game for 16 days. I mean, we've, there's, there's content at rebelgrove.com. We've talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The it's world good. is bad about this. The country is bad about this. The South is bad about this. There is a certain expectation that when someone corrects or has something going on with them and they have that indicated to another human, they're the jerk. It's kind of like, and you, you'll get this. Because, no, you did nothing wrong. I mean, look, I've spent years, I've talked about this, years going to baseball press conferences in Hoover where Mike Bianco gets called Mike Bianco every single time by the same moderator for 22 seasons. He will not say Bianco. It is Bianco every time. <laughs> Just kidding. Literally in real time. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to share this or not. <laughs> it's, 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 Damon. But he had he had said, Clowney had said that he liked Demon because it makes him sound mean. Then he oh. asked he asked what his mom calls him, and he says Demon. Oh, okay. <laughs> DeMond. There you go. <laughs> so we've had that. Yeah. We've had. I mean, Austin Bousfield went years letting us call him Bosfield because he just didn't want to be rude. So literally, we called him the wrong name for like two seasons before he was like, "Hey, just by the way, it's about it's like." I feel like an idiot, but it's not my fault. I didn't know. Someone could have told me that's my point being. Yeah. It's in a similar vein to, I know people still call him Bianco. Um, and you'll get this out running a little bit. Even, I mean, I understand you try to avoid people, but nonetheless, if you're walking or running or something and somebody tries to stop you and you're like, hey, I'm kind of in the middle, you're the jerk. Yeah. But you don't change your day because they need something. Yeah. It, it defies all logic it to a point that I don't understand. It's like, no, hold on. I'm I'm going about my business. Like yes. I'm not even because I want to go. Hey, look, I'm not trying to be rude, but I've got to keep a pace here. I'm on a clock. Like I really have got to move. Can I call you later or something? Well, I just got a minute. It's like I don't have a minute. I'm doing this right now for yeah. a reason. You, you, you're not. You're, you, this happened to me at my gym, my old gym. Yeah, yeah. Once I was marathon training. Yeah. And I know everyone goes, don't do long distances on a treadmill. But I did better doing long distances on a treadmill. Well, if you've ever run, and you you can relate to what I'm about to say. If you've ever run more than like, I don't know, help me here with the number, five, six miles, you start getting into the eight, nine, ten miles, you you are off in a different mental space. In yeah, and maybe even five and six. I mean, really anything over a five K or four and you at least get there to some extent. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I was I was basically over a half hour, thirty five, forty five minutes. I was nearing the end of, of the second hour when this happened. Oh well hell okay, you're, you're so sauced at that point. I'm twelve, thirteen miles into a run and if you stopped time and said what music is on your I have no idea. It's just music. I have no idea what I'm listening to at this point. I'm I'm not even I'm th- my mind's gone, I'm thinking about other things, or I'm not thinking at all. And suddenly, this older gentleman appears right in front of me. I mean, I damn near tore ACLs. I mean, it just scared me for a minute. <laughs> and I, I, so I, I had to kind of stop for a minute. I'm, I'm dripping wet at this point. I'm not, I'm not sane. I had to take, take headphones off. 
my headphones were wired at the time, so I'm having it's just a disaster. And he goes, "Hey, what's going on with that kid at?" Uh... <laughs> and I went, I went, "Are you serious?" Not, you, no. And I just started running again. Starts a thread, either on Twitter or on the board, about what a, what an ass I am. No, you're in the wrong. You are completely in the wrong. Not me. You. You are completely in the wrong. But I'm supposed to feel bad that I didn't stop. Because, I mean, you're going, and if you stop for four or five minutes, you're not going to get started again. Well, we all know Southern conversations don't end in 15 seconds. Yeah, I mean, I, I must have said, I don't know, I don't care. <laughs> and that made me the bad guy. No, no, you're the bad guy. You're the bad guy. It's in the same vein. If you do anything that doesn't allow for somebody to just be incorrect or wrong, then it's your fault. You should not interfere with their wrongness in 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 any way at that point. Yeah. It's a rule. Yeah, and so <laughs> when we first moved here, you know, my mom would help with the kids in carpool. We talked about carpool yesterday. And they would say, Campbell McCready? And she would roll down the window and say, it's McCready. Wouldn't you really? Yeah, and then people would be like, your mom's kind of mean. And I'm like, well, she's right. You're mis- she's trying to t- tell you to pronounce the name cor- correctly. You know, she's in the second grade. She might be here a while. We might want to establish that her last name is McCready, not McCready. It's, no, you're, you're, that's just me. You're mean. Get it right. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. It's not. It's not that hard. And if you want me to be on your radio show and give you 20 minutes of my time that I get nothing for, well, the least you can do is get my name correct. I don't think that's too much to ask. That's all. I don't don't think that's an unfair request. It's right. What percentage of the time? Pretty high, right? My name? Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, oh, really? People get it right 15%. No, there, there are people who've known me for years who still say McCready. Really? Yeah. And I, I don't understand that. But When I've told you this, if I'm waiting at a restaurant and I have to give my name, I always give Chase, not Parham. Because they're going to yell out, Parham for four. And I'm like, it just it like grates yeah. on my nerves. So I'm like, nah, no, I, I will I say, say Chase. I do the same thing. I say Neil. Yeah. I know most people give their last name, but I'm like, yeah. yeah I'm, no, I'm, 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 I'm the same way. And it's not like my name's Mike. Like where, you right. know, like, it's, so, okay, yeah, it's probably only one of us. I mean, I feel pretty good about that. <laughs> Do you see this? Um, if you're curious, I'm inserting the things later because of Trey, so I'm just okay. going. Um, do you see this, I guess, from Thamel? Um Yes, yesterday? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, great, this, is, this is the great trial balloon. Go ahead. Yeah, The 11 college presidents and chancellors who make up the CFP's board of managers met via Zoom on Monday and began a discussion that can reshape the future of college sports, sources told ESPN that they uh, discussed the possibility of restructuring how college football is governed with the idea presented of major college football potentially being governed outside of the NCAA. The much logical place for the sport to be run would be under the auspices of the CFP, which was discussed on the call. They currently oversee the sport's postseason playoff and has contractual ties to other marquee postseason bowl games. Sources caution that these discussions are in early stages, but could be the first steps of a complicated process that would resemble a marathon. They added the group spoke about the idea for only about five minutes, but it was raised as something the group should think more about down the line. Yeah, Thamel just didn't write this for his own health. No, this this felt like a, a trial balloon being floated yesterday 
to create conversations so that they can get a gauge on how the public feels, how coaches feel, how administrators feel. How do you separate football from everything else? Now that. I mean, how do you how, how does that done? In have basketball it, too or just football? Haven't we tried that before? Back in the like when I was a kid, there was the CFA, College Football of America or whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, and they Okay. That that didn't appear to work. I don't I don't is it, hey, football makes the money, so we're going to separate it and we can go back and treat the other sports like amateurs? So everything else stays as is, and then... I don't, I don't know. And then we set rules that actually make sense? I don't know. The College Football Association was a group formed by many of the American colleges with top-level college football programs in order to negotiate contracts with TV networks to televise football games. Formed in 77 by 63 schools from most of the major conferences and selected schools whose football's programs were independent of any conference. Uh, they would eventually negotiate their own separate TV deals, reducing the importance of the CFA, CFA and it shut down in 1997. God, it had a shelf life there. So 77 and 97 to some regard. Yeah, so 20, 21 years. Um, I don't, I, but I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how you do all of that. I know that I keep I think there there is a sense that what is happening right now simply isn't healthy, doesn't work. By the way, the Big Ten and Pac Pac eight did not join the CFA back in the day. Is that right? They avoided it, yeah. And so there there appears to just be a search for some sort of a fix. Something. And I I'm in the I, I appear to be in the minority that while I understand the frustration that people have with what's going on, I, I, I don't know that it's fixable. I don't know that you can I, – I, I just don't think you can put the genie back in the bottle. I just don't think she's going to go. Let's take a break on the podcast. Tell you about Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. So you can look on underwriting and understand your market – Leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Podcast also brought to you by Northeast Spark. That's N-E-S-P-A-R-C, service people across rural communities. The two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. I've got it at home as well. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Again, nespark.com with prime shrimp. You get restaurant-quality shrimp shipped straight to your door. They also make it easy if you're a first-time customer. Use code MPW for $20 off your first order. They have six different meals in a bag, everything from the uh, the signature blend that has been my favorite for a really long time and the new flavor, the lemon and cracked pepper, Quickly moving up the uh, the list. It's a versatile option there for salads just by itself. Do a lot of different things with it. Put it on pastas. Again, lemon and cracked peppers are the newest flavor. Six in total there with Prime Shrimp. PrimeShrimp.com. Ship straight to your door. Less than 10 minutes. Freezer to plate with Prime Shrimp. They also have their individually packaged or individually frozen, frozen shrimp. It's like you find at the restaurant or the uh, grocery store, except a higher quality, a restaurant quality shrimp from Prime Shrimp. Again, those are in two-pound bags and can also be shipped straight to your door as well. And it's almost Grove season. It's time for Johnston Hill Creamery to let you uh, 
Get your tailgate catering taken care of. They're doing that in options for to feed 10, to feed 20, or to feed 40 for all Ole Miss home games this season. They uh, do a great job of artfully arranging the catering on trays, make your presentation look outstanding. They've got everything from some of my favorites, which is the pepper jelly, the, uh, the uh, specialty trays, the artisanal, which is their uh, local cheeses they make in-house every single day, the grazing, the charcuterie, the uh, sandwiches, and then great desserts like uh, cookies, brownies, and more. They'll do a crudite if you want something a little healthier. Again, all there with Johnson Hill Creamery. That's 662-419-9201. And then last but certainly not least, G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area and they offer medicine. To your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. So whether it's one delivery, one pickup, they'll have what you need when you need it with G&M. And they can also transfer your medications. It is really, really easy. You don't have to stay with the big box stores. You make one phone call, they take care of the rest. You're going to know the people. They're going to care about you. They're going to know you and they'll get what you need, what you need when you need it with, again, G&M. That's 662-236-2222. So what does it look like then? I don't know. I mean, I think we're just in this kind of expansion mode right now where people are settling on previously unsettled territory. And we'll see over time. Because it makes no sense for every sport, basically not named football, but especially not named football and potentially basketball, to be tied into this whatsoever. It's completely different. Oh, let's see, Brett McMurphy has yeah, something. Yeah, I've got it up. I'm you got it up? Okay. Yeah. Does it have terms? Uh, Big Ten lands seven-year media rights deal agreement with Fox, CBS, NBC, and Peacock, and FS1, worth 7 to $8 billion, network sources told yep. Action News. Um, contract escalators may increase value to nearly $10 billion, so big is, quote, not done expanding, sources said. Big Ten title games will be uh, moving, so it's kind of like the uh, NFL deal. The title game will go from Fox to CBS, back to Fox to NBC, back to Fox to CBS, and back to Fox over the next, what is that, 2022 to 2029, so eight years. Yeah. Big number. Good number for the SEC to play off of here soon, whenever that gets to be time. Yeah. Contract escalators may increase value to nearly $10 billion, so Big Ten is not done expanding, sources said. Yep, it's interesting. So more than a more than billion dollars a year. Last month, Action Network, which is McMurphy, reported the Big Ten would expand beyond 16 schools and was targeting Notre Dame along with Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal from the Pac-12. Those plans have not changed, sources said this week. Um, regardless of whether Notre Dame does join the Big Ten, the league still wants to add more Pac-12 schools to re- reduce potential travel concerns for USC and UCLA. Um, the new media rights agreement are backloaded in part because CBS is limited on how many Big Ten games it can show in 2023, the final year of the SEC contract, of course. Can someone do the math for me here? My my phone won't allow me to t- put that many zeros in. What is about one point one billion divided by sixteen? Because <clears throat> that's the per team mark there. Sixty-eight million. Sixty-eight point seven million. Okay. Yeah. 
1.1 billion divided by 16 is 68 million 750,000. So that's that's their so 69 million basically. Yeah, that's their walk away. That that's their minimum walk away each team. Yes. And it will grow. So 69 million dollars per school per year just on the TV deal. Yeah, it says they'll get about 60 million per school in 23-24 and then the payouts will increase slightly in year 2 before drastically increasing in the final five years, growing to about $100 million per school, including revenue from the CFP Bowl games and the NCAA basketball tournament. This is why the ACC can't survive. This is it right here. The ACC can't survive unless they can come up with some sort of a deal that is similar to this. Because as you mentioned, the SEC is going to announce its deal in the next 12 months, and now it will play off of this. So the number will be at least this. Yeah, in the ballpark, either way. Yeah. Sure. It will be at least this or more. They're not going to take less. So it, call it just for kicks and giggles. Let's say everybody in the Big Ten and the SEC is getting $70 million a year. Okay? Yeah, sure. If you're only getting $22 million a year or $24 million a year and everybody else that you're competing against is getting $70 million a year with the promise in the very near future of that becoming $100 million a year, how do you sit still? If you're the schools that can get in one of those leagues, you just figure it out. Yeah, whatever that looks like. You just say, whatever whatever we have to do, let's do it. Texas and Oklahoma go, eh, you know, kind of a couple more years of, of purgatory, but we've got the payday coming. So there's security in that. Frustration, sure, but security. They're joining the SEC in 2025, and they'll get the big payday. If you're Clemson, if you're North Carolina, if you're Virginia, if you're Virginia Tech, you, I don't know how today you look at this number and go, oh, yeah, that's cool. Good for them. We'll compete. You won't be able to compete. So I'm not going through all this because it doesn't really matter, but um, CBS is putting all of their Big Ten games also on Paramount+. Plus. Then uh, NBC obviously will have their simul streamed on Peacock. And uh, NBC will have Big Ten games on primetime on Labor Day and Black Friday, two spots that they are putting Big Ten primetime games on on those uh, on those two days on a national NBC platform. Smart. And then uh, – And Peacock's really good. Like a lot of people use uh, Peacock. Yeah. They've expanded it quickly and well. It's been good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that. We'll dig into it a little more. Probably something we at least discussed tonight at some point uh, in in greater detail. But there is the uh, Cliff Notes version. Big Ten making a uh, crap ton of money, and that's great news for the SEC. So uh, let's go down to Trey Wallace, OutKick.com. Again, he uh, talked to Lane Kiffin, wrote about Lane Kiffin, and now Neil will talk to him about that. So that's coming up now on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline. My friend Trey Wallace of OutKick.com, kind enough to uh, spend some time with us. First of all, Trey, I, I, I don't take this the wrong way, but when we were working together in Mobile, I, I, I didn't. I think if someone would have said, you know what, one day he's going to be like a really kind of rising media star, I'd have been like, Trey, really? Okay, I mean maybe, but I, I didn't see that. I, I wouldn't have even envisioned you shooting for that. And here you are, and congratulations. It's it's fun, man. You know, going from from intern with you and Taylor, and you know, just learning the business. I think is the biggest thing. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I know when you know I started working at at South, you know, under John Pelfrey and Joe Godfrey and all them. And I was like, you know what, like I, I want to do this this journalism thing. 
And uh, it worked out. I mean, we had some cool things going on in OBL when we were both there. Um, and then, you know, basketball was kind of the thing, you know, because they didn't have football. And then it kind of took off. And I look at you guys, I look at you and, and where you're at, and I look at Taylor and where he's at, and I'm like, okay, like that spot's where, you know, it's like, okay, I was with those guys early on, and look how far they've come. Okay, I can do it too. That's kind of, you know, that's always been my thought, you know, in, in earlier in my career and where I'm at now. Yeah, I learned a hell of a lot of radio, and I guess this is radio now. I learned a hell of a lot of radio from Taylor. Um, you know, and, and he was young when we were doing it. I mean, he was just getting started, and and um, yeah, you you knew he was he was going places and in, in in media and in radio just with his work ethic number one and his talent and skill set and the voice and all of that stuff and. And he was one of those people, and you don't run into a lot of these people in the business, but that guy, and even back then, he could go from college basketball to, he reminds me of Jeffrey Wright. I don't know if you know Jeffrey. Yeah. yeah. Jeffrey, Jeffrey and Taylor remind me a lot of one another uh, in that they can transition from college basketball to golf, back to um, college football, back to the NFL, back to NASCAR, whatever, just like boom, boom, boom. I always knew Oh, I'm not. I, I can't do that. Like I, I, I don't have, I don't have the interest um, in all of those things to transition. I, I'm good enough, I think, to BS my way through a few topics real quick. But like those guys are almost encyclopedic with stuff, and it was, it was always impressive. You know, it's funny every time Taylor. You know, I, I live in Knoxville now, and, and covering the whole conference, it's it's easy, it's easy to get around to, to different spots, but. You know, whenever I know Taylor's going to be in town or whenever I was on that beat, you know, two years ago for, for four years, uh, and I knew he was calling the game, it was always I knew that I was going to see him. And, you know, he'd bring me down into his booth where he's about to call the game. We'd talk for 20, 30 minutes. We'd share a big old hug. And the first thing we would say is, look at there, it's intern Trey. And uh, it's just, it's it's neat to have those relationships. And, 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 and to be honest with you, if, if I thought, 22 years ago, however long it's been that I'd be in this spot talking with you about a topic or even, you know, getting to talk with Taylor and hang out with Taylor whenever he's in Knoxville, man, I tell you, you're crazy. So the world does wild things, but we're here. Yeah. That's good. So I get asked all the time, um, Hey, have you talked to Lane? Have you asked Lane about this? And I'm like, I, I keep trying to tell people, I'm like, look, I'm local media. He, it's not personal, but he just doesn't do local media. And so the other day at the press conference, I want to say it was Monday. I lose, yeah. I lose track of days. Um, Monday, he got asked a question, you know, because Lane sometimes will put out these um, motivational things in the morning. And if I'm totally honest, I never pay any attention to them. I'm like, oh, whatever. And the coaches They're retweets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever. And he got asked about it, and he gave a fairly personal, borderline profound answer. And I led my notebook with it. I'm like, well, I didn't think I was going to be writing about this today, but this is what I'm writing about because it was the one interesting thing that he said. Um, you know, midway through camp, it's kind of boring at this point. You know, you're still kind of you, – you camp, it's not new anymore, and yet the season's still two-plus weeks away. So you're still you're kind of just searching. And um, – then I saw, where, I guess the next morning, I saw where OutKick had gotten, I guess, Lane on the phone and 
gotten more details and really got some of the most profound football coach quotes I've ever read before. And I didn't know who it was at first. I reached out to one of your colleagues and I was like, no, it was Trey. And I was like, well, son of a bitch, I, I'm getting Trey. And so here we are, I guess, take me through that conversation on, on Monday night. How did it come about and, and how long did you guys talk and what were your, your, what were your takeaways? You know, the, the crazy part about it is, and I, I just put out a, a story here on, 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 on when we're recording this, right before we record this, talking about how it got to that point of, you know, diving deeper into the story of how the story came about. And, and so it's crazy. So I was, I was listening to the press conference when it happened, and it was funny. He said something about he curls up on a Sunday night and watches a Nicholas Sparks movie with his daughter and their four friends. And I was like, man, I would really like to know what movie he was watching that night. So I had, and me and Lane had known each other for a while. Um, I texted him. I said, hey, man, and I don't know if he was busy or not. I was like, hey, man, uh, look, what was that movie you guys were watching? Like, I, I want to put together, like, something small, kind of interesting taken away from what you said about motivational tweets and stuff like that to like, what was the movie you're watching? And he told me it was the longest ride. And I was like, okay, well, I've, I've seen that before my girlfriend. So like, I understand. So like, honestly, I thought the conversation was going to kind of stop there. And I sent him another text and, and I was like, you know, you really opened up today. And I was like, I haven't seen that in a while out of you. I don't know if I've ever seen that out of you. And Neil, we just got to start talking, man. We 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 exchanged messages, and he started going in depth on on what he was talking. Because I asked him, I said, you know, talking about changes and whatnot. Like, what what are we talking about here? Like, you know, I, I know that you were talking about. There's been, you know, the guy asked him about his weight and that he had lost some weight over the number of years. But I wanted to go a little further deeper, and you know, he started talking to me about. You know, he, he started it as a 10-day challenge to not have bread, red meat, and alcohol. And it's turned in now 17 months. And he said, he said to me, he said, I'm such a competitor that I kept wanting to build off that 10 days. I kept wanting to go further. And he said something, too, that I'm allowed to say, but I didn't put it in the story because I couldn't cooperate it with Matt Corral. Couldn't get in touch with Matt Corral. But Lane told me that even Matt Corral had himself a dry season, per se, yeah. during his last year with Kiffin. And I, you know, I didn't put it in there just because, you know, I couldn't get in touch with Matt. I couldn't let him say yes or no. That's what happened. But Kiffin told me that. So that, you know, I'm comfortable sharing that. With you. I'm 99% sure. sure that's accurate, by the way. I yeah, mean, I yeah. Can't, I can't sit here and tell you that Matt Corral never had a beer last football season, but I've heard from some people that, that were around it that Matt, in conjunction with Lane, gave it up during uh, last season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, it, so it, so it, it was it was it was kind of shocking to me. First of all, just imagine this: it's it's eleven fifteen at night, okay, and I'm I'm sitting here and I'm I'm closing down shop on one story, you know, and I'm kind of putting together a, a story I'm laying for the next day, and and his thoughts and comments. But man, we didn't get into like the weeds until like midnight, and. He was, we were going back and forth and he was saying, look, I, I'm able to stay up, you know, this late and get going early in the morning because of how I've treated my body now. And, and you know, the cleanse that I went on and, you know, the spiritual journey, you know, and, and one of the interesting parts was when he was bringing up Morgan Wallen. And if you don't know who he is and you're listening to this, he's a country singer and he's pretty well known and whatever. And he was talking about his relationship. And this is not everything that I put in there, the story, but he was talking about his relationship with Morgan Wallen and talking about how much of an inspiration Wallen texts him and says he is for, for Kiffin and then how Kiffin is for, for Morgan. And, and we started getting pretty deep into his spiritual. And, and, and by the way, I'm not joking around when I'm saying this, but I'm just going to lay it out there. Like I covered Lane Kiffin for a long time. We've all, heard the stories of Lane Kiffin here in Knoxville. If you say Lane Kiffin, half the people are like, well, we don't like him. Half the people are like, we'll take him back tomorrow. Fire Josh Heupel. And I would say even more than half would say bring Kiffin back, get rid of Heupel. So you've always kind of known him, but he's never really opened up to me like that before. He's never really opened up to a lot of people like that before. So it caught me off guard. And then we get to go and Neil and, and man, he is, we are still talking until two fifteen in the morning. And it's like, okay, this is, this is pretty, 
interesting in my world what he's talking about. And, 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 you know, he said, I want the world to know what's going on and how I think about this because maybe it's going to help somebody else. Because you know this, Neil. Like, you're having a conversation with a coach or an offensive coordinator or a source, and a lot of that stuff doesn't get out. Most of it doesn't get out. Sure. But Kiffin was like, and I asked him straight up. I was like, hey, man, do you want this out? And he goes, yeah, I I think it's going to motivate folks. I think if it motivates one person, let's get it out. Let's do it. And I'm like, okay. Is, you know, and we have to ask the question, is there anything you don't want in there? And he was like, well, no, no, we're good. And and I want you to make sure that you let it be known that, you know what, Uh, I've been on this cleanse. I started it, but he did it because it's proving to the players that something can be done if you put your mind to it. That's what stood out to me. Well, and, and, you know, people change. Um, You you know, one of the things that he said on Monday that was, it was, it was, it's not profound because it's just so true, but people don't like to talk about this is that, you know, people go through stuff, um, whether it's, it's in their, uh, with something that happens at work, whether it's something that happens in their marriage, whether it's something that happens with a child, with a parent, um, People go through stuff, and that stuff changes you, um, because you 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 come out of the other side of that differently. And you know, he he talked about this on Monday. He's been, been fired a couple of times. Obviously, uh, the, the the most the one that everyone talks about is is USC, but he got fired from the Raiders too. Um, you know, some people would argue that he got borderline fired at Alabama there a, a game early, but. Right. Whatever. He's been through a divorce. He's lived across the country from his kids. Um, you know, I would always watch him interact with uh, Knox, his son. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you could tell that. I mean, Lane, that Lane being around his his children, he gets uh, it's different. Like it is for anybody who's got kids, for the most part. Um, you know, and I'm sure that he's a human being. I'm sure that he missed his kids. And um, and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, and it's none, none of my business, nobody's business really, but his daughter Landry moved to Oxford for her senior year. And I'm just going to guess, I've never talked to Landry Kiffin, I, I don't know if I ever will, but you know, I'm going to guess that she doesn't view him as the football coach with the crazy Twitter. I'm going to guess she views him as dad. And so, yep. you know, all of a sudden he's got this daughter who moves here for her senior year and she meets some of the other uh, kids in town that are high school kids. I know that I know one of the kids that she's good friends with because that kid is a good friend with my youngest daughter. And so, you know, she's running around with those kids and those kids are suddenly in the house and he's meeting people from Oxford that he probably hadn't really met before. And I don't know, I've, I've sensed that he feels a little more at home that he feels um, a little more a part of the community beyond being the football coach. And, uh, you know, he knows a few people now. And, you know, I think he's still kind of somewhat aloof or whatnot. But, you know, she's going to drag some personality out of him because he's dad, you know. And the Sunday night thing, like when I first heard it, I was like, he didn't really sit there watching Nicholas Sparks movie with his kids. But then I thought, yeah, probably did, you know. And, um I don't know. I, we've seen him. 
we've seen a more human side of him. And then the other thing is this, is that, you know, when he was at Tennessee, he was in his 30s. And, I mean, he's, he's, he's not 250 yet, but he's getting there. And you change in those years as a, as, a, as a man. I know I have. I'm a completely different person at 52 than I was at, say, 36. I'm, I'm just a different guy. Um, and so I, I think that happens to probably has happened to him as well. I think the biggest thing too is, you know, like he was he was telling me is, you know, his daughter has applied to go to Ole Miss. So, what's that? You know, read into that if you if you may read into that if you may. Um, and he also told me that his youngest Knox would love to move to Oxford. He's coming to town, you know. He's going to come see his dad and hang out and whatnot. But he wants to move to not. He wants to move to Oxford. He loves Oxford, which Lane said is crazy because the kid lives at the beach, but he wants to move to Oxford, Mississippi. <laughs> and and a lot of that, you know what? It's because he wants to be around his dad. And I get that he wants he wants to be around his mom too. And <laughs> and and, the, and divorce is difficult. And and Lane Kiffin said it to me. He said, "I'm a single parent." Never heard Lane Kiffin say that. And and and. Just him saying, man, I'm doing this as a, a single parent. You know, I'm raising a kid, a kid that's moved here. You know, I have a group chat with my daughter and her four friends, and they call me Sparky, and we talk about movies that we're going to watch, and they make fun of him with TikToks, and he enjoys it, and he's on Instagram, and he's taking his kids fishing into the College World Series, and Man, he, he's grown up, and that and that to me is the biggest thing out of all of it. And he's doing this, and there's a lot of folks around the country that know about being a single parent. I don't know. Know about being a single parent, having to raise a kid and whatnot. But then you look at it, he's trying to be a better father or a father that's around more while dealing within the Southeastern Conference football program. One at Ole Miss, it has expectations. Yeah, I, and it's new to him, Neil. It's it it is. It's new yeah. to him, which is it, which which is interesting to me. I found it interesting um, when he talked about. I can't remember the exact quotes. I'm almost a little reluctant to go there, but he said something about you know he's almost kind of surprised that God gave him a second chance, you know, and 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 I don't. Yeah, know. he can't believe God. He can't believe God gave him a second chance. I kind of read into that a little bit, and this is. I'm not saying that he was a. a a negligent father before at all. I have no, come on. But he wasn't around every day. And if you're not around every day, it's it's, it's hard. You know, it's hard to build the bond. It's hard to uh, it's hard to keep it if you're not the one that's making decisions about you know discipline or, or curfew or whatever. You know, I mean, he was living in he was living in a condo in Tuscaloosa for two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. and then he was in Boca. You know, and, and right, and, and so. I, it, I, I viewed it as almost him, him saying, you know, kind of have a, for lack of a better word here, Trey, a second chance at kind of being a dad even, you know, this is, um, I, I get a chance to to um, make some things right, if you will. And it, it's one of the things I was going to get to is I've had people ask me, and I get it, this is fair. It's a fair question from people. They don't, like, do you think this is him trying to, uh, uh, re- rehabilitate his image so that he, he makes himself more attractive for another job. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't have any idea what 
is in the back of someone's mind as it pertains to someone's career, right? I mean, I, I have, I don't know whether you, you know, are you wanting to stay at Outkick for the rest of your career, or are you thinking about, hey, this is preparing me? And I, 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 I people do ask me that, you know, what, what's next for you? And I'm, I don't know. I mean, I maybe something, maybe not. I don't, I don't know. Um, but you know, with him, I, I've come back a couple of times and said, is it possible? Just asking, is it possible that maybe this is a guy who is kind of grown comfortable in his own skin, found some things that works for him. He's making a ton of money. He's had success. He's beloved here. Um, I mean, he's, he's, and yet Oxford's a place that will give you privacy. I think if you want it, you know, and, and so is it possible that maybe this is just genuine that sure. Is there possible that another job pops open and people look at him and go, you know, I I don't know that I would have hired FAU Lane Kiffin, but I, I see the guy at Ole Miss, and he's grown up and matured, and I think he could take our program to another. Yeah, sure, that could happen. It's possible that the NFL comes reaching out one day and that he wants to scratch that itch. Um, but it's also possible, at least in my opinion, correct me if you think I'm wrong, it's also possible that maybe he's decided that this might be a place that he stays a long time. It So, and I think you would agree with this, and I'll be very honest, there were times – there was one time during the conversation with Lane, I was like, wonder if this is just to get a good name out there. I wonder if this is, you know, going to be a story that would make him look good in the media and to athletic directors around the country. Like that crossed my mind as any journalist, you would think that. Yeah. Um, that immediately went away when I asked him the next question about his spiritual beliefs and his, you know, how he's approached life, how he's approached his daily routine. This guy, you know, we, we weren't, I called him, you know, I, I reached out for one thing from him. And it was about a damn movie. Yeah. And then he felt comfortable enough with me to just start opening up. And I don't know if it was me or I don't know if it was somebody else that would have reached out and he'd have done the same thing. But I felt like Lane Kiffin had more to say from that press conference earlier in the day. And he said in, in, in talking with me that he felt like God put him in that situation. For somebody to ask him that question and then to somebody else to follow up on it and want to do something maybe a little deeper. And I, I 100% believed him. And I think, and I think this is a case for Lane Kiffin, Neil, where he has grown up. He's become a, I'm not going to say better father because I don't know what kind of father he was before. Right. He's he's become uh, in the public eye, a more involved father. I think that's fair. In the public eye, he has become that. But I think overall, man, he's just enjoying life right now. And I, I think that's something that he had a hard time doing. You know, the perfect example was to me, too, is when he said that, man, I've got friends that keep me motivated by sending me pictures of what I looked like two and a half years ago <laughs> compared to what I look like now. And he and I said, well, OK, well, I, I, you know, he goes and I was like, I want to use those. And he goes, well, use them. That's fine. I, I looked huge back then, but it is what it is. Look how far I've come. And it's just, but it's just a, 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 it's just a man that had a lot of feelings. I mean, the guy, the guy, okay, here's, here's the funny part too. 
So we end our conversations like 2.30 in the morning. I'm on the phone with my editor, you know, putting the story together and whatnot. The guy texts me at 6.15 in the morning, you know, talking about, you know, he appreciates it and whatnot. And, and he didn't know what kind of story was coming out or anything like that. And he appreciates me listening and having a conversation. I just feel like this is a guy that Ole Miss can be proud of right now. Is he going to do the same antics on the sideline? Absolutely, because that's Lane Kiffin. That's how he is between those 60 minutes on the field. And that's fun, though. And it is and it is fun. It's fun to watch. And people can say, oh, I don't like it. He's in too antagonistic. Whatever. You love it. Yeah, you just don't like to. saying it. Yeah, football right. supposed to be fun. And the, clip, the, the play sheet and all that the stuff. The golf ball and, and yeah. all that fun. He's having a good time. The golf ball thing was a hell of a good catch that day. I mean, that was that, – I mean, Yeah. We, we joke about the golf ball thing, but, you know, that golf ball could have done some damage to somebody. I mean, that – that was that was him taking a potentially like nasty scene and turning it into something kind of funny. I mean And that's the biggest thing. That and that's what I've taken away from that. Like Lane being a smart ass and being funny about the golf ball situation was also to take as much heat as possible off Tennessee fans. There because of how the whole situation unfolded and him talking about, you know, him showing off the golf ball and him carrying it with him and whatnot. Yeah. It's a, it's a memento from the game, but it's also, he has a soft spot in his heart for what happened in Knoxville and for the people in Knoxville, because he understands, you know, and a lot of people put yourself in his shoes. If I was 32 years old, Neil, and I was offered my dream job, and I was only at one place for one for nine months. You bet your ass I'm leaving, and I'm going to take my dream job. It, Tennessee fans finally get; they finally understand that. Yeah, he, he's admitted that publicly. Um, he he's he said, you know, he wishes if he had a do over, he would have just stayed at Tennessee because he had something kind of going there, and it was a comfortable place for him. But people. You know, it's it's so easy to forget context. At the time, USC was just coming out of a dominant era. And Lane probably didn't do enough research on what was to come with the NCAA thing. Um, but, you know, at the time, and it still is a really sexy program. I mean, it's USC. It's, it's California, yeah, it's Trojans, it's Traveler, it's the whole deal. But at the time, it was super sexy. I mean, it was a sexy supermodel in the prime of her career. And and he had an opportunity to get that job. And I'm sure that what went through his mind was, you know, you never guaranteed this opportunity is going to come around another time. And so he took it. And it didn't work out. And it, it has led to a narrative that is not exactly accurate, that he's this guy who jumps around job to job. It's, it's not really true, you know. I mean, at that point, he, wow. goes, to, he goes to USC. It doesn't work out. He gets fired. Um, you know, he ends up joining Saban's staff. He was there for a while. He didn't leave until he got a head coaching job, and he stayed at FAU for three years until he got a head coaching job. And this is about to be his third year at Ole Miss, and he's got a long-term deal and all that stuff. It's just, but man, we for whatever reason, and maybe maybe he plays into it with some of the Twitter stuff, but people create narratives about him that just aren't true like i get all the time like is he just wild is he crazy i'm like 
Well, look, I don't know him, but no. I mean, no, he's not going to hit up. No, he's not going to hit up the bar like some secret bar in Oxford or twenty miles outside every night. He's not like this is. We won't get into stuff we've heard in the past, but this is not that Lane Kiffin anymore, man. He is a family guy, and and he's he's turning into that family guy. And, and it, you know what? It's new to him as well. It's yeah. The fun part is it's I enjoyed talking with him and hearing him talk about his daughter and how things are new and how he's on Instagram and how his daughter wants him to be in TikTok videos all the time. And he's got a group text with these people. Like this is all new to him. So he's enjoying it. And I think that's the coolest part. And, 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 you know, the funny thing, he wrote it, he he sent a text to me and I'll, you know, I'll share it with you guys uh, because I used to write and cover Tennessee and, and so he made a joke and he said, who would have thought a Tennessee writer, a Tennessee singer, meaning Morgan Wallen, me, God, and no alcohol. <laughs> and, 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 and it shows you that he can, he can have fun with himself, but also he, he, he is a, he's a serious guy too. And uh, his demeanor's changed, press conferences. I watch all his press conferences all the time. I listen to you asking questions there in Oxford and others and, you know, I, I feel like he is more subdued, too, as well. And uh, he's becoming a veteran, you know, in this league and in, in the coaching industry. And uh, he started at a young age, man. I, I can't I can't wait to see if he sticks around on this. I can't wait to see what they could do in Oxford over the next five to six years if he can just keep this thing rolling. Let me get your thoughts on just some SEC stuff. We're about two weeks away for everybody except Vanderbilt. They get rolling in a week. Um, yeah. And by the way, he's not the only guy that has a little guilt, can have a little guilty pleasure with the Nicholas Sparks movie. I mean, the, the, oh, the, I know. The people that act like, oh no, I'd never. Oh, stop. Um, you watch it on TVS. Come on, uh, stop it. The Notebook comes on, and you're like, what are you watching? You know, my wife's like, the Notebook for the eight gazillionth time, and next thing you know, we're Approaching the end of it, you know, we're like, what's what's going to happen? Um, two and a half hours deep, and you're like, yeah. damn, how'd I get here? <laughs> yeah, I'm out of popcorn. Um, <laughs> um, we'll start with Ole Miss since we're talking about Ole Miss. What are your expectations for Ole Miss? It's funny, I've, I've seen people say, man, I, I like Ole Miss as like a sleeper, and some people are like, um, man, I think they're the fifth or sixth best team in the West. There's like a, a, a wide um, you know, disparity of opinions as it pertains to what to expect from Ole Miss. Yeah, I, I, I like their I like their backfield a lot. They had to replace a lot when it comes to rushing yards. Um, but I think Zach Evans and me and you have had a lot of conversations about Zach Evans in the past. Yeah. I think he is a kid that can be spectacular for Ole Miss out of the backfield. Uh, and you know, he's going to be able to whoever the quarterback is. If it's Altmaier, if it's, if it's Jackson, whatever. I'm not here to make that decision, but I I think that he's going. the offense is going to continue going at that high tempo. I think defensive-wise, I think it'll be interesting to me how much pressure they can get on the quarterback kind of with what they lost from last season, but also what they returned. So I, I think Ole Miss is a team that, you know, besides breaking down every player and looking at whatnot like that, I think Ole Miss is a team. Can they can they win ten games again or whatnot and get to a Sugar Bowl? And I think, you know, if 
in my opinion, be hard to duplicate last season. But there, if he can get things rolling again, if he can get the offense going and scoring that many points and the defense kind of folds up, I think there's a, a chance you can get anywhere between those eight to ten wins. And it's it's only because the SEC West is still kind of up in the air to me. Like I know it's Alabama, but what what's after that? Like what what's A and M doing with their quarterbacks? How, how's Arkansas respond on defense? Like you know LSU Auburn. I mean hell, I heard Zach Calzada was running third string the other day in Auburn's practice. Yeah, heard the same. I mean there's just a lot of stuff going on that you don't know about the West, which would be a great opportunity for Ole Miss to kind of sneak up in there and, and maybe finish second, third. I have lots of people telling me we're sleeping on LSU, that, you know, they're, they're, they've got more talent than we're giving them credit for, that they're better at quarterback, they're much better at head coach, they're more organized. And yet, I, I know how bad they were last season, and it's it's one of those things where you, you, part of you is like, yeah, it's LSU, and I get it. And a part of you is like, yeah, but they weren't very good a year ago, and, and I'm having a hard time with that. But I get all these people that say, don't sleep on them. What do, what do you hear? I, I feel like LSU, and you know, we saw the whole Miles Brennan thing the other day. It, you know, if, if they can figure out the quarterback situation, whether that be Nussmeyer or Jaden Daniels, okay, fine. But this is still an LSU football team that, that struggled a lot on defense last year. Offensively, they just did not look like what you would think out of LSU. And I don't care who the coach is. One thing about LSU that we know is that they can line up and run the darn football. And, and, I think that them not maybe getting away is not the right word, but not having the success that they had. I I don't know if I look at them as a sleeper or not because they're they're going to have to prove to me something when it comes to quarterback first. You know, before you can be like, okay, well, this team might do something. You know, this team could be dangerous. Like I, I don't know how how much LSU fans are going to be able to take away from that first game against Florida State because I don't think Florida State's really any good. So, it, it, to me, it's going to be interesting to see how they can establish a running game. And what does Brian Kelly's offense really look like in the Southeastern Conference? The team I'm really kind of watching early on because Ole Miss plays them October 1st is, is Kentucky. I think Ole Miss is going to be 4-0. They're, 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 I mean, I guess Georgia Tech could be a challenge. But oh, I, I expect Ole Miss to be 4-0 and, and maybe a comfortable 4-0 when Kentucky comes to town. And Frankly, I think Kentucky's going to beat Florida, and I think Kentucky's going to be 4-0 when, when they get here, and it's going to be a, a pretty big national game that people like you are, are spending a lot of time talking about. What do you expect? What do you hear about the Wildcats? That, that, that they think they've got something on offense. That they think that they have, you know, you you had to replace Wondell Robinson, which is tough to do, okay? But – you still have talent when it comes to that receiver position. You've got Will Levis back there, who's become a different quarterback over the last two years. You know, the, one of the things that comes to mind when talking about Will Levis is this conversation you have with Tebow, where he's like, don't change who you are. Like, maybe slide, maybe a little more often. Don't hurt yourself. But still be that type of quarterback that's going to run people over. You know, it's all about keeping them healthy this year, Neil. I mean, you know, Will Levis can be a guy that can – throw for 200 yards per game and rush for a buck 10. You know, that could be him. Um, I think the Chris Rodriguez situation is big for Kentucky. I think you, they're going to need him. I could see him missing a game or two. I find it very hard to, 
believe that he won't be in the starting lineup when Kentucky plays in Gainesville week two of the season. Um, but we'll see. You know, we'll see what Mitch Barnhart and they decide at Kentucky. But I, Kentucky's got a lot of hype this year. And there's a lot of people looking at them that maybe they can be the team that knocks off Georgia at home. And, and, and I'm not saying that couldn't happen. I've seen crazier things in Kentucky, but it's a stretch right now. But I do believe that Kentucky, when they travel and they, and they play Ole Miss, that's going to be two 4 and teams playing against each other. And it's going to be a prime game of that weekend. You buy this Texas A&M as number six in preseason polls and stuff? I mean, what did, come what did they prove to be number six in the polls? We don't know what Haynes King is going to look like coming off last season injury. I know he's healthy, and they're saying he's healthy, and that's fine. But we also don't know if Max Johnson's going to be the starter. Do they flip the rotation? Here's one thing that, that Jimbo Fisher better have ready to go. Better have your backup quarterback ready to hop in there and be the starter immediately. We saw it last year. Hank King goes down against Colorado. Their season's relied upon by Zach Calzada, who's now at Auburn. You know, my biggest thing is, like, Texas A&M fans, I don't blame them. They want to believe the hype. They want to believe the hype. But then we've seen these Texas A&M team member, Jimbo Fisher, knock off Alabama, then come back and get beat by Mike Leach the next week. Yeah. Or two weeks later. Like, yeah. I, don't tr- I don't trust the Aggies. I think they're going to have to earn our trust. And I'm sorry, beating Miami in week three and College Station, you're not earning my trust by beating Miami in week three. No, and I mean, that's the thing is, and that's the thing about the West, to prove your point, is that I think we all go, yeah, Alabama's the best team in the in the West. Alabama might, is probably the best team in the country. It might be one of the best teams in a long time. But after that, it's like, okay, well, why is Texas A&M noticeably better than Ole Miss or LSU or Arkansas or, frankly, Mississippi State, who's beaten them a couple of times in a row? So, I mean, what is what is that about? Like, they lost to Auburn last year. Auburn was not, yeah. Auburn wasn't good last year, and Auburn Auburn beat Texas A and M. I don't know why we're. It's two things. It's they they beat Alabama in College Station, and they did. And a fair and square, tip your hat. It was a hell of a performance. Yeah. Um, and and then they had this big time recruiting class, and there's been a lot of talk about their NIL and where they're going and all that stuff. Yet it's, it feels like we're all maybe. Turning this, turning the heat on too strong. I'll give you, I'll give you a reference. So I watched that Manti Teo documentary, <laughs> and they were talking about Manti Teo, and they were talking about why he was in New York for the Heisman ceremony, and they were talking about it's the story around him. That's why the writers voted him to be in New York. To me, some of the reason why there is so much hype in this untold belief yet in Texas A&M is because Jimbo Fisher. It's because of the name Jimbo Fisher. You think he's going to do something because he's Jimbo Fisher. But really, he's been pretty average, just like Manti Teo was that great linebacker that year, but there were other linebackers in the country that could have gone to New York if they wanted to do it like that. Sure. So what, what I'm looking at is that I think putting them six in the country is like, okay, well, you beat Alabama last year, but where did these voters forget about the Auburn loss and, and the loss to Mike Leach and Will Rogers at Mississippi State? 
and some of the other, you know, they lost four games last year. Lost to LSU at the end with LSU. Right. LSU was just like a shell at that point. The coach knew he was fired. The players were wanting to leave. You you lost to a broken down LSU team that had players that had one foot out the door. So don't don't. I, I'm just saying don't. I don't like the whole Texas A&M is a top ten team right now. Well, maybe in the month of October, second week of October, we can maybe talk about that. But why are we doing that right now? Make them earn it. Yeah, I'm I, I'm with you. I. And I fall prey to it sometimes. I'm like, oh, I'd put A&M where – then I think about them, but why? I, what is it about them that I'm doing? And they're talented, but they're not the only talented team in the league. There's there's other other talent – there's other teams that have had big-time recruiting classes. Tennessee's had a big-time recruiting class. I mean, you know – I and, would take Mississippi State and Arkansas's quarterback situation over what's going on at College Station. Yeah, you know, I, I said this on – Right now. I said this on an Oxford Exxon podcast. I think I think Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't again. I lose track. Um, we do this thing with quarterbacks where we go, well, he's not going to be an NFL quarterback, so he sucks. No, Will Rogers is not going to be an NFL quarterback. KJ Jefferson is not going to be an NFL quarterback. But both of those guys have been far more productive than a bunch of cats that we talk about in the league, um, in, including anybody that's at. Texas A&M right now. I mean, and, and and people, well, you know, Rodgers, it's a system quarterback. Or Jefferson, it's because he had Traylon Burks. That, to me, when people do that, is like saying, well, the only reason a coach won is because he had this player and this player and this player. Well, did he recruit those players? Yeah. Okay, well, then that's what he recruited them for. I mean, that, that's right. the whole point. Um, you know, it's Saban only wins because he has great players. Well, Saban only wins because he recruits great players. I mean, there's there's a difference, and he develops great players and gets players to play in a system. There's more to it than that. So, I'm with you. I, I just look at, and if Jimbo does it and they go win 11 games, 12 games, hats off, man. Way to go. I, I like Jimbo. They proved it, right? They but they but they proved it. they proved they can go do it. I, I don't until like... they do it. I'm cynical, right? Because I, I just. I look at their schedule, and, I mean, someone goes, you know, you talk about Miami. Miami's got a, a really good quarterback. What if Miami wins that game? Then they got to go to Dallas to play that um, that game against Arkansas that they play every year. And, and last year, Arkansas dominated that game. And, I mean, I don't remember the game precisely, but if I recall correctly, if K.J. doesn't make a kind of a bonehead play in the third quarter, that's a blowout. I yep. mean, a blowout. It's a 30-point game. They came to Oxford, A&M did and played an Ole Miss team that offensively was crippled by that point. Matt Corral could not barely get around, and uh, Ben Brown, the offensive lineman, had been lost for the season. They were shuffling the line. Um, the receivers were kind of hurt and banged up. They were really limited, and Ole Miss kind of dominated that game, you know, and, and Ole Miss was not as good in the second half as they were the first half because of injuries. So I don't know. I'm just not ready to do it. A lot of people put them at six, and so we'll see. I've been it. I mean, just uh, uh, again, let's let's see what they do at quarterback in the month of September. Let's see what that quarterback looks like, and you know what? And then you can start making your projections on October and November. But to me, right now, they got a quarterback that has played a half a quarter, uh, and they got Max Johnson transferring from LSU. He's got a hell of an arm. It's kind of proven that at times. But he's got to prove that as a starter in the Southeastern Conference consistently. And I think that's one of the biggest things that's going on right now with a and 
hey, last team, are we sleeping on Tennessee a little bit? I, I'm higher on Hendon Hooker than others. I've I've heard I've heard that Heupel is – I've talked to someone who's pretty connected in some football circles, that Heupel's a little concerned about what could come next year, that they could take a step back because they lose a lot. They'll be young next season, and he knows that people do the hype thing and then you fall off and kind of where's that – Where's that program under Josh Heupel right now? What do you expect out of that team? I I think overall they're they have more depth defensively, which is key because I know what I think a lot of people understand what you're going to get offensively out of them. And Hendon Hooker is quarterback. Cedric Tillman returned as a wide receiver who came onto the scene and he had a rough first two years at Tennessee. Now he's become a a known name in the Southeastern Conference. Maybe that match but a known name and. You know, you, you, you look at what they've added. They can get Brew McCoy eligible uh, from USC, which that's a that's a fight right now. They're trying to. We'll see if they can get him done by the first game. Um, they have talent. They got talent running back, offensive line, returns four out of five. I mean, you, you've got a group that's going to be able to put up some points. That's the biggest thing. They're going to have to put – they're going to have to play each game like they played Kentucky last year where they're scoring 42, 45 points a game and hoping that the defense holds up. Uh, they're better in the secondary, in my opinion. Linebacker, they're more stable. Linebacker, and a lot of people forget this. Linebacker last year, they were rolling with a walk-on and a guy that entered fall camp third street. Um, you know, they, they had Jeremy Banks, but it was Jeremy Banks and then either Aaron Beasley or Solomon Page. And Jeremy Banks was still learning how to be a linebacker. So no wonder they got gassed all over the field, you know, in the middle of the field, and Alabama took advantage and other teams as well. What I'm saying is Ronnie Garner knows what he's doing along the defensive line. He's building up depth. I think everybody knows who Ronnie Garner is and what he can do. This is a team, though, to me that I've said, I said it last year and I'll say it again this year. Pittsburgh is their biggest game of the season for two reasons. The you don't want to go up there and you don't want to take a loss and then have to come home and play Akron. Nobody's going to show up to watch Joe Moorhead's Akron Zips. And then you've got Florida come to town who you've beaten one time in, what, 19 years? And it just – I don't I don't think Florida's going to be that good. But Tennessee, I don't think they can afford to have that dip during the second game of the season because there's such high expectations of this offense. So – I think Tennessee can be in a fight for second place in the SEC East. I do think they can upset somebody this year. Now, what's that upset look like? Is it Georgia, Alabama, going on the road to Baton Rouge? It's always tough to play on the road in Baton Rouge. Do do we call that an upset? But I, I do think they're going to win a game or two that surprises some folks. And they could also lose to Kentucky. Or, you know, Florida, because Anthony Richardson comes out and throws for 350 yards and rushes for a buck 50. So, you know, it all depends on what the defense can do to keep up with the offense. Um, but I do think this is a an eight to nine win team. I think they have that ability in them. Um, getting the 10 wins means you got to beat the Bulldogs. You got to beat Alabama. Eh, that, that's going to be kind of tough. Yeah, it sounds like a tall order, but I I, I think they're an eight nine win team, which puts them in the top twenty five at the end of the year. And like we were talking about top twenty five earlier in the week, I, I was like, if I had a vote, and I don't, but if I did, I think Tennessee would be in, on my on my ballot. I, I think, put them twenty four twenty five. Yeah, I think that's where I'd have them. So, 
Hey, look, yeah. it's always going to be fun. Uh, like I told you at the beginning, real proud of you. I'm glad to see you tearing it up. Keep doing your stuff, and we'll hope to visit with you soon. I look forward to it. Thanks for having me, buddy. I really appreciate you. Talk to you soon, Trey. Sorry, man. That was Trey Wallace. Uh, we recorded that yesterday afternoon. Thanks for 46 minutes of his yeah. time yesterday on uh, here on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Uh, we'll tell you, if you're listening to this on podcast form, we'll be inserting uh, some of our ads at some point. This one's not recorded because it's a new one. So Ace Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at Ace Stock Auctions start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1. So shop now at astock.bid. That's A-S-T-O-C-K dot bid. Or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. Ace Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups. So don't miss out. Want it? Bid it? Win it. So uh, we're back with you tonight again. Hand raise, guys. Around seven o'clock start on uh, on that one. We'll uh, take your calls. We'll see whatever you want to us talk about. We'll probably delve a little more into the TV bright stuff as we get a chance to read some full articles on that. It looks like more. I guess details are popping kind of as we talk and over the course of the last hour or so. So uh, and, and there's there's a reaction out there to CBS. Yes. So we'll talk about this tonight a lot. But look, CBS had one of the most lopsided deals kudos to them right yes one of the most lopsided tv deals in history yes and when the sec said hey <laughs> it's time to show the money they, they bolted they bolted now they put out the tweet this morning uh hello big 10 with the dun, 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 the music that everyone knows is sec but it's theirs, and they're going to take it to the Big Ten. And I'm kind of like Matt Hayes. I love some petty. And the next two, not Tom Petty, I like him too, but pettiness. Sure. The next two years, the SEC and the CBS now are officially divorced. Yes. And yet they've got to live in the same house. Yes. And it's going to get interesting. Yeah, we've got a War of the Roses situation plotting out here between these uh, these two parties over the course of the next 24 months. Makes good for good podcast, obviously. So we'll uh, follow that with interest and intrigue as it as yeah. it plays out. We'll talk. Um, we'll talk about that tonight. We'll get. Uh, I'm. I think I'm going to get Tyler Siski on tonight to right. talk about. He was at Ole Miss's scrimmage the other day. It was eh, what does he know? <laughs> we we did a little of it on McCready and Siski, but I just don't want that show to become an Ole Miss show because right. that kills the point of it. And it also makes a lot of things that we do in the network repetitive. So um, we we touched on it briefly, but we didn't get into any of the kind of the minutia stuff that I think people would find interesting. So we'll we'll talk to him tonight as well about that. Speaking of, he and I will have a uh, another edition of McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel this afternoon. So join us in the live stream, and then we'll have a live stream tonight as well for Henry's guys. I'll leave you with this. Steve Sarkeesian saying yesterday that uh, they're rid of the warts. It's all good in Aggie and uh, sorry, Aggie Land Hill, Longhorn Land. As uh, he uh, he says, the kids knew everybody in that locker room last year was all in, and I think they could feel it. And they wanted to weed out some of the warts, some of the bad apples. I think they mm. got a sense of reality about some of the things we were talking about and trying to instill last off season. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how much they gave credence to it, and those same things reared their ugly head in season. They came back in January and. Basically, it's all good. So we'll 
have that later. So when they go six and six and lose to Kansas State and West Virginia, and then we'll see what the problem is next season from uh, from those in Texas. Isn't so, it funny? You just can't help but cheer against them. No, like, it's 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 when when they join the league and the Texas Texas A and M game happens. I I don't. It's I think it's going to be like I am with Alabama and Auburn. I never am for the same team very often. I'm finding myself, and this says more about A&M, thinking I will be for Texas in that game, but that is a strong statement just because. So. i got to give you credit. Your A&M I, disdain. They drive me insane. Your A&M disdain continues to grow and grow it and grow. It's, it's, it's very healthy. Yeah. So We'll uh, be back with you tonight. Hanray's got 7 o'clock on that. Thanks to Trey for his time. We'll talk to you in here in a few hours. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.